Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to challenge all of my writers out there to add music. All right, I'm going to give you my reasons why. First, uh, who doesn't love music? We connect through music. And even if we have different styles that we like, or we have different songs that put us into different emotional states. (laughs) Like, it's really hard for me to listen to Dean Martin, That Certain Party, with him and Jerry Lewis, and not walk away from that smiling about it. Like, there's so many songs that I can think of. Like, that's the first one. I don't know why that popped into my head. I haven't heard that one in a while, but I taught it to my children. But you can't sing Whip It, Whip It Good, without being happy. And then, you know, there are some evanescent songs that, you know, I can sing, and oh my gosh, they can get me writing some poetry. <laughs> I mean... So, because you get kind of like sad or you just hear the melodic sound of her voice and you're like, oh, if you hear in the arms of an angel or a song like that, then I start thinking of, wow, let me, let me go back and and let me write a song (laughs) and I get inspired. But I want you to consider writing songs or poems or some kind of companion piece to the novel that you're doing now and let that poetry be stepping stones to an actual song. You might not get it all right now, but you might get pieces as you go and then by the time you're finished with your novel, there's your song. And pray about it. Alright, so if you must know, um, the Sweet Potatoes family She's, of course, a singer, but Belle is the star. Little Belle Pepper, she's the baby sister. And she's going to make it one day. They all know it. And she, you know, she sings like brass. And she's compared to Mahalia Jackson. And if anybody that's listening to me does not know who that is, Lord, you read her bio you can, you know, listen to her songs. I would say watch her videos because she's so animated. I just love her. love what she did for gospel music, her contributions. And, you know, during a time period where African Americans were not as readily accepted in music halls, she was a trailblazer, y'all. You need to look her up. So I had to give homage to her. But... So, yes, there's singing in my book, and there's music in my book, 
Now, you've got to be careful with copyright. You can't be, you know, listing out songs and, and doing all kinds of excerpts of songs without permission. And I did try to go the route. I thought as long as I had permission to use why the caged bird sings, if I could use that um, in each chapter at the very beginning, I wanted to put a stanza because it would relate. Well, even then I decided, well, I can't use the whole thing. I can just pick a piece of it. It was still very expensive in my book to be able to get the copyright permission. Penguin Random House was amazing. Like, they were very helpful. The guidelines were clear. I just didn't know that there was a contract coming that told you had to pay for that. Um, I just thought that if you, got if you were granted permission to use the work in a lovely way, <laughs> that it would carry on the work for someone else to pick it up and say, oh, I really like that piece. Let me go and find, you know, that book. But it, it doesn't work that way, or it didn't in my case. So I had to create my own poetry. I had to, and of course, it was by Anonymous, which I loved because that has a meaning too in the book. So it worked out perfectly for me. And I also wrote songs for the book. So there's a song, Lord, There's a Harvest, Souls of Plenty. I wrote that song and even practiced it with a singing coach and, you know, got tips from a singing coach on ways that, you know, I could change it up in the chorus. So, yes, I did go out and ask for help on that. But there's a song that I wrote for the book, it's hope has wings and so if you even go to my website you don't understand it now but it says you know welcome y'all where hope has wings and other things that's a line from that song and that song stays with me and it's you know very a simplistic song it's not something fancy and it's hope has wings and other things like butterfly kisses and dancing in the rain. It's a new direction. It's the warmth of a stranger. And it's the way you speak my name. Hope has wings and other things like you. And of course I can sing it to y'all, but and I do sing, but I, I, I don't want to like branch out yet. You guys might completely stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> but I hear it, you know? I hear the melody in my head. There's violins, pianos, and guitars always in the back of, um, and it's a little country sound, and I will admit, that's fine. It's a country book. We're set in North Carolina and Virginia here, people. But I will say, you know, having that to look forward to in my books gives an expression piece that readers could possibly connect with. My paranormal, she's a singer. There's a musical, a high school musical involved in the paranormal series I have. She's a singer. And she's a bathroom singer, car singer, singing all the time. You know, she thinks in lyrics. And I know a lot of that is reflective of my life because when people will start to talk, they will think, and you know, I'll think of a song that goes exactly along with it. And a lot of times, I, it's according to who it is, I won't 
say it <laughs> but sometimes I will I'll say oh that so that reminds me of have you heard that song and then because then they'll think I'm not listening to them and I'm actually playing music selections in my head you know like I've got my own Spotify playlist right there in my head <laughs> thank God for Spotify thank you thank you Lord I love me some Spotify we have the, my son um, they listen to um, metal and so every time I'm in the car you know, I get my metal fix, and then when I'm in my free time, I get my contemporary Christian fix. So it goes from one extreme to the other. <laughs> but I will tell you that writing the songs can really add a component piece to what you can offer a reader. So let me explain that. So Sam, my 11-year-old, now I'm looking at it from a parent's perspective. Sam and Solomon, they both play instruments. Now, Solomon, we'd read a book, and he wouldn't necessarily go out and try to play it on his guitar. You know, that's not him. He's he's learning, you know, Coheed and Cambria. You know, that's fine. That's what he does. But with Sam, Sam is completely different. Sam is listening to the background music of Halo, for example, and then he's playing Halo from a computer game. Or he does something that sounds to him that is representative of, you know, Skyrim or something, and he's playing that. Then he's getting online, and he's learning Harry Potter. So he knows the Harry Potter song, and he just sits for long extended periods of time playing with his keyboard to try to get the perfect sound to go along with it you know how you can change your keyboard settings and so he's like diligent finally last night he's running down going mommy you got to come up here like right now so i'm up and i'm like what is it and he said listen i think i found it finally and he's been working on this for months and there he goes he's played it and he's got it in my opinion and we're matching it up to the song and he's so excited then he goes, I got to show you something special. And he starts to play. He says, can you tell what this is? Guys, did I really know it? No. But I was like, what are we reading now? So I was like, is this the Hobbit? It sounds like it could be the Hobbit. He said, yes, Mama, it is. And I learned it already. And we just started reading the Hobbit. And I'm like, we're in like chapter four in homeschool. And I'm like, wow, baby, you know, I'm so proud of him. And last night it hit me, you know, he does that. There are many other readers in the world that might go on YouTube now and look up the songs. Of course, you know, when I sang the song to him, when we were reading in The Hobbit, he told me the next day, he said, Mama, you sang that all wrong. You sang the dwarves, you know happy and a fast song he was like that is not how that song goes that song is slow and it's haunting and I said okay um how do you know this my brilliant child and he goes because I found the song after we finished homeschool last night sure enough he found it on YouTube and he played it for me and I was like oh I see now that and then it that's what you know Bilbo Baggins was listening to as he fell asleep you know, that would really, you know, set a tone. That's completely different than what I was doing in my head. And so I see the power when authors creatively intertwine poetry 
our music into their work. Now, for my book, for example, I'm going to have the song lyrics for, you know, Lord, There's a Harvest, because that's something that they play. I'm going to have those as a companion. So it's going to be kind of like, you know, if you want to have the lyrics for Lord, There's a Harvest, you know, already have those ready. And then I can offer those to my readers. You know, like, you can even run it like subscribe and get official lyrics um, or subscribe for poetry that, you know, she wrote for Ray, you know, or something like that. So think of a way that you could do it as well. And if you say, well, I don't have the skill, I'm not a songwriter, I am going to beg to differ. We all have this place in us, this writing creativity well, that we limit ourselves. You never know until you try. You may be able to get a chorus. You may be able to get a verse. A verse or two and a bridge. But by saying, well, I'm not a songwriter. I've never written a song before. Then that, of course, you're not going to write one. Then that's going to stop you. But how about if you say, okay, there's a part in the book where I could write a song that could go in the background playing. So, like, I have a, a scene in my book where Hallelujah is playing in the background. And I didn't write that song. <laughs> but I could hear that song being played by a jazz band in my head when I was writing the, the, the uh, scene. There might be a scene that you have in your book that you don't hear a popular song in the background. There may not be any noise yet. Why don't you create that noise? The Hope Has Wings and Other Things song, that's not a song that anybody sings in there. That's like a closing song. Or that's like a song playing in the background, you know, as they're, you know, walking down to the soul food restaurant. And I do that often. When I watch movies, how many of you are listening to the soundtrack? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. You've got mail. And if you've never watched the Shop Around the Corner I'm asking you for the weekend to go and buy Shop Around the Corner and watch that one if you're a You've Got Mail fan. Okay, so if you're a You've Got Mail fan, I want you to go back and watch Shop Around the Corner with Jimmy Stewart. And that's where You've Got Mail, you know, was adapted from. But the You've Got Mail soundtrack, oh my gosh. I can't tell y'all how much I played that out in my car. Like... It had so many good songs, signed, sealed, and delivered, you know, just so many songs that went along with that. Maybe that's me. Maybe I just subconsciously write the soundtrack for my own book. So that's going to be your challenge. 
of course, like Moulin Rouge, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how long. And the Phantom of the Opera. My son even dressed up when he was three years old as the Phantom for Halloween. That's how much we listen to that soundtrack. And every day when I was pregnant with him, I listened to Moulin Rouge. I watched Moulin Rouge and listened to it in the car. So I will say soundtracks could be something that is a popular song mashed in together. Look at how they did with Moulin Rouge. You know, they would combine songs together when they were singing. Not all of them, but you know that one I'm talking about. Um, that We Could Be Heroes song. And they've got a lot of different lines that they're using as their dialogue back and forth with each other. And when they do the I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. I just, I love that. Just the creativity behind how they mashed all of that. There's probably a better word than that than mashed all together. But I'm thinking of like, they're mashing it all up. I mashed potatoes. Do that. Be creative. So while you're writing, if you come across a song that starts to play in your head, jot it down. Put it in your journal. If it fits your scene, if it fits the mood or the tone, create yourself a soundtrack. Because Belle, in the book, she's listening to The Wiz. She's listening to musicals. But when they see her sing and they say, wait, you need to know Mahalia Jackson. You need to know some gospel greats. She asks for new songs on her playlist and she doesn't know where to start. So Ray takes her iPod and is going to create her a list. Well, praying over that list, you know, Belle's selections that's made by Ray that's a way that I can then connect with fans and show them, hey, you know, do you want to know what Bill's soundtrack was? Do you want to know, you know, what he made for her? And of course, there'll be, you know, some Aretha Franklin on there. There's going to be, you know, songs that are very powerful on there that could really help a child when they're developing, you know, who they are as a singer and if you know with her range that she has you know I gotta go there I mean Etta James has got to be represented on that list right so I think that's just a really cool way that you can connect with readers and you know how authors are always looking for ways to you know build connections with their readers make a soundtrack to your book and it's not like you're copywriting it it's not like you know you're sitting there now if you could do covers you can get covers made you can do that but you don't necessarily have to you could just list the songs out in the order kind of like with the way the scenes go and you can have a good you know 17 songs on a playlist that you would recommend that they listen to or you could say these were songs that as I was writing came to my mind you know and then you could give them the behind the scenes of your author soundtrack which could be totally not related to the book at all 
I know that's what happened to me. And you know that I don't listen to country music. I listen to gospel music. But I write country songs. I know it's a little odd. I think I've done one on songwriting before and what my inspiration is. Like, for the past songs since a while ago, like, I've been writing from the male's point of view, and it sounds like George Strait songs from back in the 80s, like all my exes live in Texas kind of songs. And maybe it's just because I love George Strait so much, but that's pretty much the songs that I've been writing, my country songs, that George Strait could sing them. But when I was writing the Exorcist book last summer, there is a song, a country song, and it was a popular country song at the time that I just came across. And it was perfect. It was like a theme song. And then, of course, there was a gospel song. Perfect. And it was from a new and upcoming artist. And I was like, you know, his song matches the scene so perfectly. It's like her song as she's understanding who she is and that she can't have any fear. Because if she has fear, of course, the demons will sense it, you know? And it's just a perfect, perfect song. And so, you know, I wrote those down. I documented those songs that came to me while I was writing the Exorcist book. And no, I didn't develop the rest of the soundtrack, but I can. And that's something that I always want to include in books. I always want to have an excerpt of poetry I always want to have a song lyric. Jim Brickman's song, You're My Valentine, that Martina McBride sings it, but Jim Brickman, I think Jim Brickman wrote it. He's a pianist. Um, and I told you guys I love piano. And um, so I found that song. That is the song that goes with my paranormal song. And of course, Cindy Lauper's Time After Time. It's very eclectic here. Because my girl, not only does she listen to song music in her head, like she'll do lyrics, she does 80s, mainly 80s soundtracks in her head. And yes, I'm an 80s girl, but where she works in her mom's restaurant and the paranormal in that book, they have the 80s playlist running that's their radio station that the, they have subscribed to on xm radio you know like the eight on 80s on eight or something I, I used to have xm a long long time ago and, and i remember that was the station that we had so um i definitely used that i'm sure as inspiration for the blasting of the music through chica's the restaurant her mom owns but but just be creative that way and if you say that there's no room to put either a song moment, I will ask you and challenge you to reconsider. There's a book by Sarah Dressen that talks about a serious issue of teenage rape and um, it's, a, it's a very serious book. And one of the characters, he does have, you know, anger issues. And so, it, music is what saves him. And he works at, like, an AM radio station. 
and he sits it. I forgot the name of the book. I really did. Just Listen. It's called Just Listen by Sarah Dress, and I'm sorry. Well, that has lyrics all through it. That has song titles all through it. And, you know, some of it is outlandish. Like, in my paranormal book, one of my main characters, his favorite band is Pork Rinds. And, of course, we're from, you know, North Carolina. We know what our pork rinds are, and we love them very much. And so, my paranormal book is set at the beach in South Carolina, but still country. Still a country setting of the beach that I chose. But he goes and he listens to Port Rhines, and he has Port Rhines posters in his room. I mean, I made that up. If there's a band out there named Port Rhines, I'm sorry. Um, that name was made a long time ago. <laughs> it's no reference to you. <laughs> So just be very creative in the way that you could present your music for your book. Create a song, create a soundtrack of, a, of a music that's yours and that people could search up. And let them be like Sam. Let them find those on YouTube. If you have a YouTube channel, create a playlist. Then you can link it. You could link that playlist on your social media sites and your website. There's so many things you could do. You could send a song a month. You could have 12 songs each month. You could sing a song and you could write a blog about that one song and you could send it in a newsletter because music is so powerful. Music is this language that we all speak. And I work with young adults and I'm telling you right now, if you're writing for YA audiences, uh, yes, music. You cannot go wrong. So I've given you, you know, throughout this podcast, I've given you some things to think about. And I challenge you to pray over it and go after it. You've got that creativity. You're, you're a writer. Don't say you can't do it. Because I know you can. So I believe in you. And if you don't like music, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> that the Lord allows you to have this space in your heart where you can sing praises to Him. And just find a peace and joy in music. And I know that's what music does for me. I'll tell you guys a testimony um, about music and me we might we might talk about music this week and and I'll tell you I'm reading a book and it dawned on me when he when he was writing it's a nonfiction book and he said go and check out this song on YouTube because that's what I'm listening to right now and I'm like oh how clever you know you actually gave them a call to action you know that's what they call those things call to action you know go listen to this go do this go subscribe go find me go take a picture and put it on Twitter if you're at this point, you know, nonfiction writers can be extremely creative. And him using songs like that, and he does that too. He'll say things in the book, you know, about if you've heard of this song, you know, this is the song that comes to mind. And then he'll do, of course, the Halloween theme song. Everybody knows the tinkling of those piano keys. Um, and so you don't have to look that one up if, um, if you know horror. 
And then that sets you up. And then when you transition from that chapter to the next, then he mentions Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, you know how that continued to play in the background of my head, even when I was reading the beginning of chapter, the next chapter. Then when I saw Jamie Lee Curtis's name, I was a ha ha ha, funny, funny. I'm still listening to the theme song in the back of my head. Uh, and it's just a way to connect with the book. You know, you want readers to engage in your work. One way, one avenue is through poetry and lyrics and through song lyrics. So, uh, give it a shot. See how other authors are doing it and see how creative they can be. I know these were just my thoughts and um, I'm speaking from my personal experience, what I've done with music in the past in my books and what I'm going to continue to do with the playlist, with offering Bell's playlist, with offering the soundtrack, with writing original songs for the book. Um, and I'm just thankful to the Lord that he continues to, you know, give me these words. So, it's time for your prayers. Pray on. Ask for that creativity. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in the direction for your song lyrics. And then you can introduce your readers to a whole nother set of music that they may not know. Like, there might not be a lot of people that know Mahalia Jackson, but I hope by the time they finish that they've heard her sing at least one or two songs, then they'll know who she is. And then maybe they'll read her story. And then they'll know, you know, how powerful she was during that time for change for women and for African Americans. All right, guys. Challenge is on. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.